0: a very good Friday afternoon, everybody, on this March 12th, 2021. Happy Friday. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we are here for the next couple of hours. Hope you can stay with us for Friday Live. Uh, we have a lovely program lined up for you today. Um, interesting guests because today, uh, and I, I didn't really plan it this way, but it turned out that it happened uh, very thematic. Yes. Uh, it's for- happened a
1: few times, so it's...
0: Yeah.
1: The lucky shamrock is on your side. It's a good thing
0: I don't know what I'm doing and the Holy Spirit <laughs> takes over. Um, well, our first guest later this hour will be Dr. Thomas McGovern. He's a medical doctor, and he has written a book called What Christ Suffered, and it's a doctor's journey through the passion.
2: So mm, looking into some medical
0: uh, facts about the Lord's, our Lord's crucifixion. And then the next hour we have another book, uh, The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God by... Um, actually written uh, by the late Gerald, uh, Father Gerald Vann. Uh He was a priest back in the 20s, 30s, but it's published by Sophia Preston, and Michael Litchens is going to be here, and it's actually the same thing, same idea, not a medical book, but um, it's a great um, reflection and retreat really through the Triduum. It starts with the agony in the garden, mm. and uh, so anyway, well, interesting. It is Lent, and we thought that would be good fare for today's program and that's
1: so. the biggest week of the year holy week holy week you know so and i i would really recommend people if at all you can sacrifice a little bit of extra time or you know beg for a few minutes out of work early so you can attend All the beautiful liturgies, each one so unique and so different. But to meditate on these Mm -hmm. wounds of the passion, um, it's—
0: Because last year we didn't have all these liturgies.
1: Right. So So it's been two years mm
0: -hmm. since you really had an opportunity to go to to church and to mass and to liturgy on uh, during Holy Week. I would
1: take advantage of it, be there, because we couldn't last year. And there's nothing like being there in person. That's right. Live streaming is a wonderful, you know— Plan B, I suppose, if mm-hmm. you had to, but there's nothing like being there with your brother and sisters.
0: Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll have those guests joining us. Then, uh, we're going to play Saint of the Day today. Just thought a little change of pace. Uh, we're going to play that game, Saint of the Day. And the next hour, oh, also, Jim will be here, of course, with the weather. Uh, and next hour, our friend, Father Chris Rogers, who will give us a reflection on the gospel for the fourth Sunday of Lent. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, We'll have some music, and as I said, Michael Litchens will be here also next hour. So anyway, lovely program lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us. If you are listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations, you can also listen uh, on any one of our other platforms. Of course, we do come to you on the Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. Just say Play Domestic Church Media 24-7, and you can hear uh, the programs that way. We're also streaming on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org, also um, on our free mobile app. You can both listen, you can watch the podcasts, uh, listen to the podcasts, and watch. We're coming to you live right now on this March 12th, 4.03 p.m. Eastern Time, on our YouTube television channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, also live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com. Slash domestic church media and also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So, all kinds of ways that take us not just here in our local listening areas, but literally around the world. So, uh, we know we do have listeners who listen and tune in from other parts of the world, even not just this country, but other parts of the world. So, that's exciting. Uh, first, we're going to pray and we're praying our prayer of consecration to the Holy Family. And I know Janet and Elizabeth, our wonderful volunteers, were here today sending out more of these. We're offering them to you free of charge. And I thought, uh, you know, this is a great prayer to pray, a prayer of family consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. Next Friday, a week from today, which is the Solemnity of St. Joseph Mm. uh, and this year of St. Joseph, on that day, the Holy Father has also uh, declared that we're going to begin a year of Family love so and it's going to take us through June June 26th of 2022, so mm. over a year uh, dedicated to the Holy Family and, and family uh, family love. A Letizia familia so
1: which we can't do without Saint Joseph.
0: All right so we're going to I think what a great thing we'll get these prayer of consecration prayers out to you for free. just got to request them and you can consecrate your family to the holy family during that beautiful year of family love. So uh, let's begin, and we invite you to join us in prayer uh, for whatever your special needs are. And we'll begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We We entrust entrust our our family family
0: to you. you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home.
1: We We entrust entrust our our family family to you. you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work.
0: We We entrust entrust our our family family to you. you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days.
1: Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, Mary, Mary and and Joseph,
0: Joseph pray pray for us. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and also to Our Lady. Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we pray the prayers also to protect our country from the attacks of the devil and our families' protection from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us in battle. Be our, our protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May, May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. pray. And And do thou, O Prince Prince of the heavenly host,
1: by the power of God, cast into hell Satan
0: and all the evil spirits who prowl prowl about about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise Despise our our petitions and our our necessities, but deliver us always from all all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we love you. Pray Pray for for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for us. In and
1: this coming week, in a very special way, St. Patrick and certainly St. Joseph.
0: Mm-hmm. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. That's right, St. Patrick's Day is next Wednesday. And it's
1: afternoon. one of your personal favorites, isn't it? You already have your green <laughs> <I don't, laughs> shirt on.
0: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have an issue with St. Patrick.
1: Yeah, but tell us why. That particular holiday has a little sore spot on your
0: heart. Well, because in the in the back in the day when I was uh, singing uh, in clubs and bars and things, I sang in one place regularly on Fridays and Saturday nights. It was up in Highland Park, New Jersey. Many of you may remember from many years ago. It was called Mamie O'Rourke's, mm-hmm. and we would play and uh, you know just regularly Friday and Saturday night we'd play and sing and. Uh, But it's obviously Mamie O'Rourke's on St. Patrick's Day. It was a big bash. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people who would come in and drink their green beers and everything else that went (laughs) along with that would get a little rambunctious. And all of a sudden, the entertainers became like (laughs) playthings. And so I got, you know, I used to get annoyed because I'd be trying to sing and they'd be, you know. Taking over. <laughs> who, 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 you know, Sing who threw the overalls in Mrs. Murphy's chowder. Yeah. Whoever heard of that song? <laughs> I don't think Sinatra did that one.
1: No, I certainly never who heard of
0: threw, that. the? Did you ever hear it? Who threw the overalls in Mrs. Murphy's chowder? That no. was it. They would request that. And a, a number of other uh, ditties that mm-hmm. I didn't know. And so they would get angry. It was just a horrible, <laughs> horrible night. Yeah. And it wasn't just one night. It was like every year. And I dreaded St. Patrick's Day for that right. reason. That and New Year's Eve, same thing. But but St. Patrick's Day was just rough. It was rough. If you didn't know those types of ditties Mm -hmm. after a few green beers, the people would get a little bit, you know, (laughs) out of hand. hand. That's a nice (laughs) word.
1: And, you know, well, now, of course, with the pandemic, so many things are are not happening the way they always used to. But um, in years past, I've seen places advertised, not that I would, you know, attend any of these, but you see the advertisements or you see it in the paper, They'd be celebrating in their way for like two, one or two weekends prior. One or two. If you miss St. Patrick's Day, come next weekend. I mean, it was like several weekends in a row, and um, especially in Philadelphia, you yeah. know, they'd have the bar crawl yeah. and everybody wandering the streets. Didn't of, really
0: celebrate the saint per se or no. the sanctification of this holy no. man yeah. and what he did for Ireland, but uh, yeah, in their own way, I guess they thought they were celebrating. But yeah, that was uh, I used and they used to like try to shove a green derby on my head and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <It> <laughs> you became. Uh, it wasn't. We were like we were like playthings. We're like their toys. They oh let's <laughs> let's let's annoy the entertainers. Let's <laughs> let's bother the musicians. Right. You know it yeah. was oh, mm. it was rough. It was rough. But anyway, but anyway, we are have nothing against the saint, the good yeah. saint, and the good Irish people. Nothing against them at all.
1: Absolutely. We have and,
0: Irish grandchildren. Yeah. Part Irish.
1: And I do love, like, when you see the, the Celtic dancers or some of the, that fiddling. I mean, it's just so cheerful and mm-hmm. and bright, and it lifts your spirits, and it's fun. You know, I, I don't listen to it every day, but I do enjoy it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It is fun.
0: Okay. Well, uh, all right. So we will uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Dr. Thomas McGovern, who is a medical doctor, on his new book, What Christ suffered. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday. Live,
3: I was buried beneath my shame. Who could care?
2: my tool Till I made you I was breathing but not alive
3: All my failures I tried to hide It was my tool you
0: Well, welcome back, friends, on this beautiful, beautiful day out today, by the way. It is gorgeous out. I can't really beat, Although uh, well, you said, it's going to be cold tonight.
1: Yes, but it's a glorious day, as we were just listening to.
0: Yeah, And uh, we want to welcome to the program Dr. Thomas McGovern, in a familiar voice here because uh, he's kind of living his dream, co-hosting Dr. Doctor, the official weekly radio program uh, from the Catholic Medical Association, airing right here on this station and all the EW10 affiliates, 11 a.m. on Saturdays. And uh, we've we've gotten a lot of great response to that program. Uh, He and his wife of 30 years, Sally, are raising seven homeschooled children who gladly get a break from his dad jokes when he speaks at conferences, I guess. So he does a lot of work that way. But he's written a brand new book, What Christ Suffered, A Doctor's Journey Through the Passion. And we want to welcome to the program uh, Dr. Thomas McGovern. Welcome, doctor. Good to have you.
4: Well, thank you. It's uh, good to be here. Thanks and for your humor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I as I said, your program when it when it premiered is it has been probably over is it been a year over a year now? You've been doing this.
4: Uh, we've been doing it for over three years. It's been wow. on EWTN for uh, it'll be two years, June
0: first. Two years, okay. So again, it airs on our stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and uh, great response to that. You guys do a great job, and it's a much needed program too. I think it's important to hear especially these days, about these medical issues through um, Catholic Prism, and uh, you offer great insight oh, yes. every day. And I, I, real quick aside, before we get to the our topic of the day, I did hear a little promo for your program tomorrow, which I think is we're going to kind of plug that now, too, at 11 a.m., because you're going to be talking um, about uh, the vaccine. Did I hear that, that, that promo?
4: Oh, We've done a couple of shows on the vaccine tomorrow. We're specifically trying to hit good news that, you know, the media seems to— publicize so much of the exceptions, all oh, it's not really that good news. Well yes, there's a lot of good news out there. So mm-hmm. that's what tomorrow is about with updates on vaccines. But what what good things are going on that the media isn't talking about enough?
0: Mm-hmm. So you you actually um in your your time in the Army, eight years in the Army, included two years of infectious disease and vaccine research. So uh, I'm sure you have yep. a lot of great research. Yeah, North re- Detroit, Maryland. We, yep. we, we might call in tomorrow. We have a couple of questions as a couple of people who had who had the virus and had <laughs> the antibodies. We have a lot so of questions about that. But. We'll be tuning now, we've in. We've
4: already recorded the show. So it's oh. actually
0: up on our podcast site now, Okay, uh, and it will air tomorrow. And yeah,
4: ew wants it two days ahead of time.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. But let's get to the topic of the day, and a wonderful book, uh, What Christ Suffered, A Doctor's Journey Through the Passion. And uh, again, uh, Dr. Thomas McGovern, a medical doctor. Um, what, first of all, doctor, inspired you to to write this book?
4: Uh, it started my first year of medical school, so like 35, 36 years ago, 35 years ago. I was teaching fifth grade religious education. I wanted to teach the kids something during Lent about the passion of Christ. From a medical viewpoint, I asked a professor who we knew was a Christian. He said, Tom, I'll have something for you after class tomorrow. He came in, handed me this article called On the Physical Death of Jesus Christ. And that article was dated the following week. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, how do you get me an article that hasn't been published yet? And I looked, he was the author. Wow. It, it was that famous article in the journal, the AMA. I knew nothing about it. It was providential. I ended up doing my research with him, Dr. William Edwards, when I was at Mayo Clinic at the medical school there. Mm-hmm. I've been, been talking about it for years. Six years ago, I, was asked, uh, I stopped giving talks about 15 years ago because I said, you know what? A lot of this stuff, it doesn't fit the evidence as I've been reading more and more. And then a friend of mine asked me to write a course for Catholic Distance University. I did that six years ago. And then a uh, couple years ago, a friend of mine who works for R Sunday Visitor Publishing said, Tom, you should write a book. And I always told the Lord, if a publishing company asked me to write it, not just a friend, I would do it. So I
0: did it. So in other words, it wasn't my idea. There you, go. But you kept your promise, so that's <laughs> yeah. good, especially when you keep your promises with God. That's yeah, important. Amen. <laughs> um, it, it is good.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but again, we could, we could spend an hour on, on the book. There's just so much in here. But you do take it beginning with, you know, there's obviously a definition of, of what suffering is. and But as far as our, our Lord's passion itself— um, beginning with the bloody sweat. And you actually have on here the, the dates. Is, is, or are these, like you mentioned a, a April 3rd would have been Holy Thursday in 33 AD. Is that, you went that far back? Good
4: Friday of? would be April 3rd. So it's actually not that complicated. If you go through the scriptures and you go through, uh, history, and I've confirmed this with a number of people who are experts in old history, and someone who summarized it very nicely from Catholic Answers was Jimmy Aiken. Mm. There, there could only have been two Fridays during the time Pilate was, um, you know, procurator or governor, when it could have happened, AD 30 or AD 33, because Passover started on a Friday. And we know, based on when uh, Tiberius was uh, emperor and what it says about John the Baptist came in a certain year, he came in the year 29. And we know after that, in the Gospel of John, there are at least three Passovers that Jesus lives through, which means it would have been after A.D. 30. So it would have to be A.D. 33, which, by the way, the official church has always recognized. So, for instance, when Pope John Paul wrote Salva Petri Dolores on the Christian meaning of human suffering, he did it on the 1950th anniversary of the crucifixion, and he released it in 1983. Mm. So, Nineteen hundred fifty years after thirty-three, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of um, a, a lot of formal research that's gone into the dating that says that had to have been the date.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's go through some of this again. You mentioned April second in AD thirty-three is Holy Thursday, and uh, in chapter right. three you address the, the bloody sweat. This is something that I guess intrigues a lot of people when we think about our Lord actually sweating blood. What, what in your research and your medical knowledge would create that to happen?
4: So three high adrenaline situations, fear, excitement, and bloody sweat, hematidrosis. So they've shown that when people have blood ooze out of their skin, there's always a high adrenaline state because if you give medicines like beta blockers that block it, it stops. The, the, The second thing is that Pierre Barbet, who wrote a doctor at Calvary, a French surgeon wrote that 70 years ago. He, he surmised that the blood vessels ruptured and mixed inside the sweat glands. Well, I operate on skin cancer every day look at microscope sides of the skin. There's no way that the blood vessels, any way when they rupture, are going to mix with sweat. That doesn't happen. But what has been demonstrated to happen is that somehow, and we don't know how, but we do have biopsies from recent patients who have had this happen that show that the blood, it does come out of the blood vessels, but then it just somehow finds its way between the collagen, the fibers that make up the middle layer of skin, what we would know as, uh, as a leather if it was cow collagen, and just finds its way out of the skin. And when they have seen it happen, there's no openings in the skin when it's being observed by doctors. Um, and there's no blood that stays in the skin like you would expect some kind of bruising to appear. So that is still a mystery, but we do have evidence. The blood does ooze out of the skin and the blood and sweat mix on the skin not in the skin. And remember, Luke said his sweat d- fell like d- like great drops of blood, falling oh. to the ground, so like great drops of blood. So the sweat and the blood did mix, but it was on the outside of the body. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: And then as, as you go through the, the suffering in Gethsemane, the suffering in the night, although not a an actual, I guess, you, a physical suffering, but, but, a, but a, a, an emotional suffering, an anguish there. Can we describe that a little oh, bit? Well, there, there was
4: physical suffering Thursday night, because if you've been to the Holy Land, you can visit a place called St. Peter and Galicantu, or Cockroach. And this was the house of Caiaphas, and beneath the house of the high priest Caiaphas was a dungeon. And actually, it's called the pit, or the sacred pit. And this is a place where prisoners could be held, and where it's believed Jesus was held. And there's an ancient tradition in Jerusalem that there was also a pillar down there that they would tie prisoners to, and part of that pillar is in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, where the empty tomb in Calvary are located. And down there, he was beaten. And it even says, you know, in the scriptures, how he was beaten there. And St. Luke uses another word, which has the same root word as the word dermatology or dermis or skin, so which suggests a particularly harsh beating of the skin, whether with fists, open hands, or even with, like, switches, like little branches from a tree. Mm-hmm. And there are some marks on the Shroud of Turin that would fit that kind of injury.
0: We're talking with um, Dr. Thomas McGovern and his book is called Without uh, What Christ Suffered a Doctor's Journey Through the Passion published by our Sunday Visitor that's www.osv.com. Uh, how about the scourging doctor you know when I watched the 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 Passion of the Christ that one scene just made me cringe especially when I mean very very obviously very creative in in the way they 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 prefaced the actual scourging where these Roman soldier Used that flag, the, the the device, and it kind of pulled out Fajalum, the whoop. Yeah, yep. for yeah. Um, is that a, Was that an accurate portrayal of of what actually happened?
4: <laughs> How do I diplomatically answer this? Uh-huh. Um, I, I think it was it was different. And uh, number one, one thing I wanted to do with my book, besides make it practical for people and not just medical, was also go back into the history to five hundred B.C. and what I determined from the writings is that the Greeks had sharp pieces of bone on their scourges. The Romans never did. They mm-hmm. only had the little lead balls. And in fact, if you believe the shard of Turin is the burial cloth of Christ, there are no marks that would go with a sharp object on it like a piece of bone. Mm-hmm. But there are many marks like you would have paired little lead balls mm-hmm. about you know, three-eighths of an inch in diameter. And so Remember, when you see all those bloody marks on the Shroud of Turin, those are only the marks where there was bleeding. There were many more marks where there weren't. So was it severe? Yes. There are probably over 100 to 200 times a paired scourge with multiple little balls struck the back of the man in the Shroud of Turin presumably Jesus Christ. So it was severe, caused a great deal of injury, blood loss internally, blood loss externally, uh, no broken bones, but still a pain where bones and cartilage met in the ribs. So it'd be really painful to, to breathe. And so he's already starting to go into shock because he's getting less and less blood and fluid in his blood vessels to keep up the needs of the body and the oxygen that it needs.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the the mock of a trial. We kind go move beyond that. Let's let's get to the actual crucifixion itself. What what actually killed our Lord? Uh, and I, every time I, I you know you go through this, and I'm sure the book covers it in, in, in enormous and great and wonderful detail to understand better understand it. Uh, how how can how can any human person survive this, even to the point to get to the crucifixion? And and to... well, that
4: was the hard part because the scourging was a typical preliminary. And if you look in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Luke, it appears that Pilate meant the scourging to be the entire punishment, and didn't think he was going to have to be crucified after. So that's probably why it was so hard for Jesus to carry his cross. But what? how could they survive? Crucifixion itself was relatively bloodless. So the nails through the wrist, the nails probably through the heel bone sideways, and there, there's ancient... Um, images, graffiti, and other gemstones that show that same image, not through the front of the feet, those would have been relatively bloodless. So they wouldn't die of blood loss from the crucifixion itself, but they could from the things that went before it. Now, the theory that was out there, that even my mentor at Mayo uh, looked at, was that they suffocated. And I've gathered so much evidence from other research that there's no way that people died of suffocation in crucifixion. That came from an idea of another form of torture where the arms are overhead and all the weight is on the wrists. In crucifixion, all the ancient images, the arms are out on the side, so hardly any weight is being borne on the arms. It's all being borne on the feet. There'd be no difficulty breathing. Reenactments of crucifixion have also borne that out. And plus, if you're suffocating to death, you can't do what Jesus did, and that is he cried out at the moment of death, which the Gospels say. And then, if you put Uh, people uh, like students on a cross as volunteers and ask them straighten out your legs they are physically unable to do it even in a 72 degree air-conditioned room where they're not nailed but they have straps around their feet so he most likely died just because of all the blood loss because when you're in upright position a little bit of blood loss goes a long way because it's all settling with gravity if you're in a bed, horizontal, you can lose a lot more blood before going into shock. Mm-hmm. And then finally, an arrhythmia of the heart would have stopped beating normally, but you can sense when the heart starts being in this really rapid rhythm that's going to lead to death, which would have helped him to know as a human, a human being, not a human person, human being, that his end was near and he could say, you know, into your hand I commend my spirit, uh, et cetera, and know that his time was up. Mm.
1: Doctor, you've done such um, layers and layers of deep investigation and dispelling so many myths that w- that have been around on different articles, books, websites. But your ultimate goal, I, I feel like, with all this above and beyond just having this knowledge and and reading, you know, more facts and the latest updates. Our goal is to how can we practically apply this to our lives? Yes. You know, appreciating His sacrificial suffering, yes. and then what can, what how will this transform us through His incredible act of love?
4: One of my favorite lines I learned during the pandemic is from uh, Paul Claudel. He was a, a French author, and and um, I paraphrase him: Christ did not come to explain suffering to us. Mm. Um, Christ did not come to remove suffering. Christ came to suffer with us. So in other words, that's the answer to suffering. It's it's an experiential one, is letting Christ suffer with you so that you can use your superpower. We all have a superpower. We can influence eternity. As members of the lay priesthood, we can offer sacrifice on behalf of others. What's our sacrifice? Our suffering, and it can help Someone else's eternity. It can help steer somebody closer to heaven because that's what Jesus' suffering did. It means our redemption. And because He lives in us, our suffering can contribute towards someone else's redemption. And I can't think of a better superpower than that. That's
0: beautiful. Beautiful. Again, we've been talking with Dr. Thomas McGovern uh, on his new book, What Christ Suffered A Doctor's Journey Through the Passion. It is published by our Sunday Visitor, and their web address is www.osv.com. And, of course, you're familiar, listeners, with uh, Dr. McGovern, who every Saturday at 11 o'clock right here on these domestic church media radio stations uh, is co-host uh, of Dr. Doctor, and we look forward to hearing that tomorrow, the next time uh, it airs. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for the book. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but but uh, and all the great work you're doing in uh, Catholic radio. That's great.
4: Well, thanks for having me. It was a true pleasure. You guys are doing a great job.
0: Thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you,
1: and God bless your beautiful family.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. Be back with more Friday Live. Don't go away. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's in our way as Jim gives us the weather. And that means it's time for our Domestic Church Chief Meteorologist. Speaking about the shore and dreaming of the shore and by yes. a shore, uh, Jim Hoffman. Welcome, Jim. For sure. For sure. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. There I'm brilliant. Go.
0: Today would have been a nice shore day. I was outside; Ooh, the sun was boy. in yesterday too. Felt great. I don't yeah, know what it was like down there, but it seemed nice here.
5: Yeah, I saw some reports yesterday that, um, like Harvey Cedars, for example, didn't make it out of the 50s yesterday. Oh. Where just land there in the 60s and 70s. So <laughs> yeah, just like just like the summer, you get your relief at the shore, cooler temperatures come to the ocean. Right.
0: That's <laughs> right. That's, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. So not but quite uh, a shore day then.
5: Not quite a short day, but I did look at some temperatures, um, Beach Haven, Seaside Heights. Right now, they are probably not right along the coast, maybe inland a little bit. They're, they're in the upper 60s. But still, like right on along the shore, it's probably a lot cooler because those ocean temperatures are still very, very cool this time of year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Where do you think all those green flies hide during the winter?
5: <laughs> oh, so they, they fly south for the winter like oh.
0: birds.
1: Now, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> that,
0: that, down to Chincoteague.
1: He's not a, he's not an I insectologist.
0: No <laughs> I thought he was a scientist. Scientists yeah. know everything, don't yeah, they? That's what you would think. Jim's a scientist. scientist. they know more than we, do, more that's than for we sure. do. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But hey, listen, tomorrow we spring ahead and uh spring is only a week away. Things are looking up.
5: Oh gosh, have you been outside today? It's, it's gorgeous. Oh, yes. It's a beautiful day, just yes.
0: like yesterday. Yes. Yes, very blessed day. And nice. Yeah, went
5: for my bike ride, went 16 miles today, and it was just wonderful.
0: 16, 16 miles you rode today? Six, just 16, yeah. Oh. It was a short ride.
1: I rode 16 <laughs> minutes. That doesn't add up to anything.
0: <laughs> and I watched, so <laughs> yeah. I, I win the prize. <laughs> yeah. Well, 16 minutes,
5: 16 miles, it's just good to get outside. 16 it, is, tons. Yeah. Wasn't
0: there a song called 16 tons? Am I imagining that? 16 (laughs) tons? What do you get? Something like that? I don't know. Anyway.
1: So, what do we see ahead? Probably it's not going to stay like this, right?
5: Yeah, well, you know, March, you know, March Mm -hmm. and April, New Jersey. Uh, If you don't like the weather, wait a couple days. Um, So, but right now it's beautiful outside. Ewing, you're at 67, Freehold, 70, Hamilton, 69, Hamilton, 67, Cape May, 64. And then just inland from Beach Haven and Seaside Heights, it's 69, but right along the shore, it's probably a bit cooler than that. Yeah, so you're right. Um, this weather will not last forever, and we're going to start seeing some changes come in tonight uh, on some northwest winds. So it's going to be clear tonight, low around 32. Northwest winds are going to start increasing 10 to 15 miles per hour uh, to 20 miles per hour, and the wind gusts could be as high as, high as 35 miles per hour. So it's going to be very windy up there and very chilly, uh, so be careful. Saturday, sunny, high near 50. Uh, The winds are going to calm down a little bit, but still 10 miles per hour with gusts as high as 20. Saturday night, mostly clear, low around 31 degrees, so just below freezing. West winds, 5 miles per hour, so it's going to calm down a bit. However, Sunday, the winds are going to pick up again. We're going to have sunny weather with a high near 53. Northwest winds. 5 to 10 miles an hour, increasing to 15 to 20, and gusts as high as 30. So another little cool front coming through on some gusty northwest winds. And then Sunday night, those winds continue coming out of the northwest. Uh, gusts as high as 25 miles per hour, and the low Sunday night is going to be 24. Monday, mostly sunny, high 43. So um, it's going to cool down quite a bit at the beginning of the week. We may actually see a little bit of snow Monday night. We're still taking a look at that. Uh, low chance right now but, um it could be a snow, maybe changing to some rain uh, Tuesday morning. Other than that, it's going to be chilly, but temperatures are going to rebound later in the week next week to the uh, low 50s, it looks like. Well, there is With hope. Often on chances of rain. So. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's all right. I like when March changes into April. Yes. That's always my favorite yeah. time. A little bit of... Uh... Then you know you're pretty much out of out of the woods. Although we have had <laughs> April storms, early April storms, but rarely, rarely. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, still you
5: just you just jinxed us because now it's going to happen. <laughs> ah,
0: there you go. I I remember you know I remember, was, I was I know that for some reason I remember the date. It was April 6th, and it was probably in the early 1980s because I was teaching high school, and it was I think Holy Thursday or or, or, or Spy Wednesday, and we had a major snowstorm. Snow snowstorm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was crazy. Jim was too and when young. Was that?
2: Back in,
0: the, back in the early '80s, you probably were still in kindergarten. In the early '80s, the early,
5: early '80s. Oh no, no, no! Early '80s. I was in college.
0: Oh, <laughs> so you were the seat? You were the CT, the Corner Tavern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oblivious, right.
5: oblivious <laughs> to what was escaping happening. Escaping the out there. snow with all your <laughs> college
0: buddies. I was at the corner tavern and at Greasy Pony. There you go. <laughs> oh, the best! You knew how to live when it snowed in New Brunswick. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> All yep. right, Jimbo.
0: Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, tomorrow, next, uh, next Friday is uh, the Solemnity of Saint Joseph. We're gonna have some special programming during this time for Saint Joseph. So we won't be here, but we'll see you in a couple of weeks before uh, before Easter. How about that?
4: Okay, All Thanks right. for the programming update.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I haven't officially announced it yet, but I just did, I guess. So. Keeping
1: you informed, okay, too. Yeah. Oh, All you. right, Jim, Definitely. God bless
0: you. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. thank you. God bless. Have
0: a great weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. God gave us night
6: and day so we could play and pray together. So now
0: let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather.
2: <laughs> They're heroic again. Living in sanctity, but guess what? When on earth they were just like you and me, and now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day.
0: All right, Saint of the day. This is new. We haven't played this in a while. A few weeks, I guess. We kind of went back and forth a little bit earlier in the winter, maybe. Mixing it up. But, uh, so, the the, the rules are these. We've chosen a saint, not today's saint. It's not the liturgical saint, if there is one today. It's not that saint. Right. It's a saint we've chosen to be our own saint of the day. And Cheryl's going to give some information, some factual information, about today's saint that we have chosen. And then before she gives the last clue, she'll say, this is the last clue. And then, if you think you know who it is, give us a call at 609 4938255 that's 609 4938255 but don't call until Cheryl says this is the last clue so now then let's play saint of the day
1: so this saint was born in 1347 so we're going all the way back to the 1300s and actually In uh, 1375, it happened to be the fourth Sunday of Lent, so we're a little bit related to this coming weekend. On the fourth Sunday of Lent, this saint received the stigmata, although at her special prayer, the marks did not appear outwardly in her body while she lived. She was the youngest in a family of 25 children. Can you imagine that?
0: 25 children.
1: Her mother and father wanted her to be happily married, but she very much wanted to become a nun. To prove her point, she cut off her long, beautiful hair and wanted to make herself unattractive. This did not please her parents, but they finally did not oppose her wishes. She became closer and closer to Jesus. One night when the people of her town were celebrating, Jesus appeared to her while she was in her room praying. With Jesus was his Blessed Mother, who took this saint's hand and lifted it up to Jesus. Jesus put a ring on her finger, and she became his bride. During this saint's time, the church had many problems, and there were fights going on all over Italy. She wrote letters to kings and queens, and even went to beg rulers to make peace with the Pope to avoid war. Though always suffering terrible physical pain, Living for long intervals on practically no food except the blessed sacrament, she was ever radiantly happy and full of practical wisdom, no less than the highest spiritual insight. All her contemporaries bear witness to her extraordinary personal charm, which prevailed over the continual persecution to which she was subjected, even by the friars of her own order and by her sisters in religion. Jesus was in her heart and through her he helped sick people she nursed and comforted prison prisoners she visited in jail. So now we have our last
0: clue. 609-493-8255.
1: She died when she was just 33 years old, proclaimed a saint in 1461. And it wasn't until 1970 that she was made a doctor of the church.
0: Oh, a doctor of the church.
1: So who is our saint?
0: Well, we have—we already have a caller. How about that? Yeah. All right. Hi. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from?
1: Hi. M-
4: Mimi from Robbinsville.
0: M- Mimi from Robbinsville? Yes. Very nice, Mimi. Hi. Thank you for calling. And who do you think today's saint is?
4: Catherine of Siena.
0: Very good, Mimi. You got it. Catherine of Siena. That's right. The patroness of Italy, as I recall, right? Yes. That's I right. I just
4: finished reading a book about her. That's oh, why I was
0: familiar see, with See, it, it pays to read books about saints because <laughs> yes. you can then win a fabulous prize. So God has <laughs> rewarded you.
1: <laughs> was that there. part of
0: your is, is reading, uh, books about the, this particular saint or saints in general, as part of your. Saints your...
1: in general
4: during Lent, since I have so much time, I've been reading about the saints.
0: There you go. Wonderful. What a great way to spend your time, Mimi. That's wonderful. Well, i tell you what, we're going to put you on hold. Uh, of course, Saint Catherine of Siena is today's saint of the day. We'll put you on hold. Cheryl, will get on and take some information from you, and okay. uh, you are today's winner. So thanks for playing.
4: Thank you. All right, so don't Thank hang you. up. Stay hold right on. there. Okay.
0: And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more Friday Live. Don't go away. Well, congratulations to Mimi from Robbinsville. Today's winner, St. Catherine of Siena, today's Saint of the Day. And Iver, she is the saint whose head is one place and her body is the other place.
1: That's right. And that wasn't in, uh, in my uh, list of clues. Yeah. Which but is that which. Was... Did
0: you see her head? I did. Yeah, it was in Rome then. Yeah. Obviously. Was, but we went to Siena too. Where, remember where her head was and where her body is? Well... They don't do that anymore. They don't split the same No, but they used to,
1: like, share all the (laughs) body parts. Oh,
0: heavens. Hey, we just got a a quick email from Pam. Pam, thank you. Um, Hi, Cheryl Jim. Can you please tell me what music was played on today's show, specifically the first two songs?
1: Oh, yes. This is right up my alley. There you go. That first song is, you probably hear it a couple times a month. It's called Glorious Day. That just makes me want to dance around the room or go out and drive Five miles over the speed limit. I don't know. There's just like this energy and this uplifting spirit. It's by a group called Passion of All Things, as we have all these books and authors on today talking about the passion of Christ. But the group is called Passion. The song itself is Glorious Day. And uh, they just do a great job just really, really lifting your spirit. So I thought that would match because of this beautiful weather and all those other things. And then the second song was, Lord, you have come to the seashore. And so that's in any of your Catholic mm. hymnals. Do we know who
0: the artist was? And it's probably not. Well,
1: you know, I do not, I'm sorry to say, I do not remember the singer's name. We found it. A lot of times, different people will record these hymns, mm. and they're just like your local parish musicians, and they'll do a little YouTube or you know, put it on a little CD for their family, or they're just kind of famous in their neighborhood at church. It was one of these young ladies. Mm -hmm. And I think she had a Spanish name. And, um, you know, if you went to YouTube and typed in, Lord, you have come to the seashore, you'd get a hundred different artists. We flipped through a few of them, and her voice was so beautiful, and the arrangement was just so great. So I'm sorry, I can't tell you who that was.
0: All right. Well, maybe we'll be a little bit more diligent about announcing the names and oh the it is, Because when
1: things. we download them and and plug them in, all that information is available. Yeah. But that was the title anyway. It was, Lord, You Have Come to the Seashore.
0: Very good. Well, thank you, Pam, for listening and sending us your request here. Uh, and also, friends, you know, if you uh, would like, we are certainly open to taking your texts if you'd like. You can text us at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. With any comments or questions, we would be able to communicate with you here. I check the texts uh, along the way. Uh, We're just about ready to take a break here, but we'll be coming back next hour, another big hour of Friday Live. We're going to have the reading for this Sunday's Gospel, the fourth Sunday of Lent. And our reflection today is by our good friend from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, Father Chris Rogers. And then our guest next hour, Michael Michael Lichens is going to talk about uh, a book called The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God, written by uh, Father Gerald Van, uh, a priest from the uh, last century, actually, 20s, 30s, 40s. But Michael's going to share that with us, and it's a wonderful reflection taking us and the reader through uh, the Triduum. So stay tuned for that. We'll take a break, and there'll be more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away.
6: Bishop Robert Barron. When you say, well, my ego is the center of my life, my freedom, okay, it sounds great. What I can envision, what I can desire in the immediacy of the moment, I mean, what a dull, prospect. But to say that God's purposes are now my purposes, well, that opens up, as, as Paul says in Ephesians, you know, this power already at work in me that can do infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. Or the Lord saying to Peter, you know, when you were a young man, you tied your own belt and went where you wanted to go. That's what young people do. But don't get stuck there, because the Lord says, well, you're an old man. Someone else will tie you up and take you where you don't want to go. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. So you don't don't read that as something terrible. That's liberating. That's wonderful. Some greater power will tie you up and take you maybe where you never imagined you'd go. When you get beyond that little narrow space of your own ego and you're opened up now into the great space, that's what happens when Jesus becomes Lord. Now
2: you're living. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN radio.
6: A lot of people think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's street evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. Dr. Simon Greenleaf was a Harvard Law professor. He wanted to debunk Christianity. He thought everything these people believe rests on their claim that Jesus rose from the dead, but that wouldn't even hold up in court. So he started writing about it and he became a Christian. Why? He eventually concluded, what's going to put someone away in court? An eyewitness. What if you have a bunch of eyewitnesses? Jail. (laughs) What if the eyewitnesses are all willing to die for what they saw? Case closed. That's what we have with the rising of Jesus from the dead. Not just people dying for a belief system. These people died for something way more than that. They died for something they saw. Big difference. St. Peter was crucified. He said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. St. Bartholomew was skinned alive. It makes no sense to do that for a lie. The resurrection of Jesus, God conquering death, it's the best news in history. And the best part about it is it's all real. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio.
2: I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with the spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church like that's where I belong.
7: We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
6: 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
8: Whether I feel controlled by God or I feel ABANDONED BY GOD, I AM STILL CALLED TO WHAT? BEAR FRUIT. I AM STILL CALLED TO BEAR FRUIT. IF IT'S A CROSS, I MUST BEAR IT PATIENTLY. IF IT'S A JOY, I MUST BE GRATEFUL. IF SOMEONE DOES ME A GRAVE INJUSTICE, THEN I HAVE TO BEAR THAT TOO. GOD WILL, MUST BE MY LIFE, YOUR LIFE. So what our dear Lord is saying, He bore fruit in season, healing the sick and the blind, and He bore fruit out of season, hanging on a cross. What did He do? He forgave and excused them in season, out of season.
6: The people you know and trust are on EWTN
2: the leading catholic voices are on ewtn radio one of the things that
6: we often think about in our spiritual lives is how to do something big for god but really most of the time we should focus on how we can do something small for god it's these small things that help us consecrate our ordinary
0: daily activities and help us do everything for jesus christ
8: catholic answers live
0: heard right here on domestic church media weeknights at six
2: Glory be to the
0: Father and to the Son. This is WFJS 1260 AM, Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM, Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM, Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM, North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. friends another hour of Friday live on this beautiful March 12th 2021 uh, I am Jim still and this is Cheryl still bill and two
1: happy birthday shout out two
0: I know two. of one
1: one Angela grace our daughter our daughter mm-hmm. now officially 30 right
0: oh I see I haven't been giving her uh, her, her uh, age.
1: age oh does she care well 30s 30. <laughs> i know it's a big one
0: although 30 now is like the old the, the you know the new 20 i think well when we yeah. were 30 when we were young 30 was remember they used to say don't trust anybody over 30 because that was an adult <laughs> i don't think the 30 year olds are adults this these no, days they're just about I don't getting, consider them adults
1: they're just about getting around to adulting mm. but um so happy birthday to Angelina! And then to Laura, I won't mention a last name, but Laura is uh, living towards the shore area and a longtime listener and faithful supporter. And um, She always posts great pictures on Facebook when she's at her her happy beach place with her husband catching fish and all that. So if you're listening, Laura, happy Happy birthday birthday, to you.
0: And, you know, my mother always said, my mother was always filled with great wisdom. And I remember... I probably was in either high school or freshman or sophomore in college, and she said, "You know, you should send your mother flowers on your birthday." Wait a minute. So, so,
1: oh, so in other words, Angela should send me flowers. Yes, I'll let her t- know.
0: Today's <laughs> the day you gave birth to her, so she yes. should be thanking you with flowers.
1: Isn't that a so? Beautiful I did that thing? with
0: my mother for a few years. I would always send her flowers on her on, on huh. my birthday. That's a great idea. I used to send see, my. It was easy because my birthday, I would send like a little Christmas table <laughs> centerpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my birthday's two days before christmas so, right. so but then one hurt. time my father goes you know don't send that anymore huh oh my-
1: <laughs> <Well>, your father <laughs>
0: it's my such father compassion he was quite the diplomat he would say don't because i guess my my mother thought it was getting too cluttered in the house or something i don't
1: know uh, don't send those
0: flowers anymore. don't send those stars <laughs> it <laughs> it's getting too crowded in the house
1: <laughs> <laughs> it clutters I up the dining I was doing room something table nice yeah
0: I thought I was doing something nice it uh,
1: sounds like something you'd see on everyone loves right
0: now yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's funny because Angela, speaking of our birthday girl today she when she was living at home and we used to watch that you know the repeats yes, and she and my parents were still alive, and she used to say that <laughs> it reminds that me it of- <laughs> reminds me of nanny and pop I said <laughs> well, kind of I think mean, yeah. that was that's what's so appealing about that particular program, especially if you're italian American and you there's just something that you, you I, I mean, the things they say and do is like yeah, we used to say and do this.
1: Right. Things. There's going to be somebody in your family that you say, you know, that's who that reminds me of. It. It right. is. It's very, very fun. Very well written. Very yeah. well written. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's uh, do this. Sun, already the fourth Sunday, and it's loud. What is
1: it? La Laudate la, 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 la Sunday. Rejoice, because you are nearing Holy Week, and you have uh, great. Hope and the joy of Easter right around the corner, and we'll be rejoicing and celebrating the big feast. So it's
8: the so fourth Sunday, fourth but Sunday.
1: To, to remind everyone, depending on which Mass your parish might be celebrating, the RCIA candidates— I hope I picked the right reading. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think you're okay this week. But, let's, for example, last week we read uh, The Woman at the Well, which that's the reading from Year A, which is always used— as those people are coming into the church, mm. because they have the rites on um, the last three Sundays of Lent. So this Sunday, too, I think they read The Man Gone Blind, and perhaps next week it's the, the Raising of Lazarus from the tomb. But we are in year B, so if you're at any other Mass, they're reading the Gospel and all the other readings and the Psalm. Everything's from year B. So that's what we're going to stick with because I'm sure that's what Father has prepared.
0: All right. Father Chris Rogers will be giving us the reflection as well. So,
1: And this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light so that his works might not be exposed. Whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
7: Greetings, everyone, and praise be Jesus Christ. As we enter the fourth week of Lent, we come to Laetare Sunday. We wear the rose vestments, we hear the call to rejoice, and there is in this weekend the theme of light. The rejoicing of Lent, while always hopeful, is also very sobering as we draw closer to Calvary, closer to the sacrifice of Christ, it becomes more clear, or should become more clear, our need of salvation, God's relationship with this fallen world, and the call of God upon each one of us to live a more authentic, a more God-filled life. And if we have yet to be awakened In this Lenten season, the fourth week of Lent is the time to wake up. It's a time to come into the light. It's a time for us to realize the event that we are about to celebrate. In the first reading this weekend we read from the book of Chronicles and that book literally chronicles the history of ancient Israel the story of the people's infidelity to God and his uncompromising fidelity to them. And God's faithfulness is more than just a constant love. God's faithfulness is a transforming love. God's faithfulness is a love that demands a response. God's fidelity is something that convicts. We see a little bit of that in the gospel this weekend, where we hear that beautiful line from John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Isn't that beautiful? It is. God loves this world. But make no mistake, his love for this world calls and demands from the world, demands from us a response. Part of God's love involves redemption and judgment. God's love for this world has a price the blood of Jesus. And Jesus reminds Nicodemus, he teaches Nicodemus that all are saved only in him, only in God, does our world know peace. Only in Jesus, the Son, do we realize what we were made for. My friends, in our own day, Evil continues to be chronicled. Man and women's infidelity continues to be made known, including our own. But it's important to remember two things. That yes, God still loves this world. With all of its problems, with all of its infidelity, with its long history of sin, God loves the world. Important for us to remember that. And then number two, God's love demands a response. It elicits a response from us. And that's what God is waiting for. That's what this season of Lent can be an opportunity for us to give God a more fitting response. And what is the fitting response to love? Love, what is the fitting response to God's self-gift to us? Our giving of ourselves more and more to him. To allow God to be the only God we serve. To allow him to be what orients us, what forms us and what directs us in every way. My friends, God loves this world, but that love demands a response. And on this fourth week of Lent, let us make a more fitting response to the Lord through a gift of self that we may trust Him and serve Him alone. God be with you.
0: that was Christ be our light. In case Pam is listening, I forwarded you to Pam's uh, email. Oh, so you, can, good. You, can answer, you can answer her personally. I will. In case she wasn't listening when we gave That's the answer true. to your question.
1: That's true. And you know, someone else, I wonder if you are listening. Um, we got an email from a gentleman wondering, at the end of Mother Angelica's program, which we air, those repeats, both radio and television. It's Sunday. What was that theme song? And, you know, they create these CDs in, in the radio world. They call stock music. It's just um, kind of no stock name. Stock music.
0: It's, it's royalty-free.
1: Royalty-free, no yeah. name. Yeah. You know, like our
0: theme song here is is one of those. Right. It, I mean, it's not a particular name to it. It's just somebody wrote it, and it's royalty-free. We don't have to pay any royalties on it.
1: <laughs> right, and there's no specific um, composition, you know, or, no. or kind of anonymous composer. It's just out there if you want something uplifting or slow or solemn or whatever the, the it might be for that particular program like you um was it behind Saint of the day you were playing some kind of mysterious music
0: yeah suspense music
1: yeah so so that's all it is it's suspense music but i have to write it's back stock. to that it's stock it's just stock music yeah. there's mm-hmm. no
0: there's no official title to it per se or no particular artist
1: and i specifically went to the mother and Angel- he actually sent me a link mm-hmm. to the to the youtube one of her shows and i listened again and it, it's beautiful, but it was just written as a theme song, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that program.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, actually, people have been putting some things on our bulls and boards, so that's good. You
1: Wonderful.
0: Know.
1: Um, oh, there's a parish mission. Can we make mention of that?
0: Yes, sure. Go ahead. If You have the info. You well, the you info. were telling
1: me about it at St. Gregory the Great.
0: No, it oh, was no. at St. Mary's me. in Middletown, but okay. I, don't, I don't think that's on here. All right. They so, didn't post it. If you post it, I'm happy to announce it, but I don't have the information in front of me here.
1: Uh, Father Jeff yeah. and Father Richard there at St. Mary, Mother of God, in Middletown this coming week, three nights. Do I want to say I Sunday, morning? I
0: don't, don't, don't start quoting because I don't— Okay, we the better go to
1: the website. <laughs> but it's the Franciscan Friar, so they're coming in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to Mary, Mother of God, Middletown, New Jersey, and if that's in your area and you're looking to get out and attend something— Franciscan Franciscan friars are going to be there for a parish mission for three nights this coming week. And, you know, usually those things are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But don't quote me. Go to the website. And uh, that's one item. What else do you have?
0: Uh, this Sunday over at our friend uh, Father Brian Woodrow's parish, St. Dominic's over in Brick mm-hmm. at noon, they're going to have the traditional Latin mass. It says the choir will be singing the Sanctus from Faur Requiem.
1: Oh, forays? Requiem.
0: <laughs> F A U R E. Fower. Fower. Fower.
1: Foray, as my music friends will attest to the accuracy of the pronunciation. A French guy? Mm hmm. G- Gabriel. Foray.
0: Foray. His Requiem. They're, they're singing the Sanctus. Mm. Is that like a long piece?
1: Well, they are. And for the Latin masses, you're allowed to do these longer, more what we saw as performance pieces. You know, they're in Latin and. Um, People sit and listen and meditate.
0: So that's the traditional Latin Mass, which you're doing one at your parish next Friday.
1: We are doing, for those people that follow that and like to hop around, uh, March 19th for the Feast of St. Joseph at 7.30 St. Magdalene de Pasi on Mine Street in Flemington. Again, 7.30, the Mass in the extraordinary form. Father Michael Barone comes down from Newark to celebrate the Mass. And we are doing, if you're, a lot of people go because they're interested in the mass parts that are mm-hmm. are being sung. And it's the William Byrd mass for three voices.
0: Only three. Not two, not four. And not three, three voices.
1: Not even five.
0: So uh, alto, soprano, and tenor?
1: No, but good guess. Alto is the treble voice, tenor, and bass.
0: Oh. It's bass. beautiful. So two men.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's not as complicated. I mean, he has more complicated mass settings, but it's just simply beautiful.
0: Okay, so there's a a choice here now. This coming Sunday at St. Dominic's in Brick, and that's located at uh, 250 Old Squan Road. Our friend Father Brian Patrick Woodrow will be uh, uh, the main celebrant, and that's this Sunday at noon at St. Dominic's, and the choir will be singing the Sanctus from Frey Requiem. And yours will be uh, benjamin Britton. who's who's doing?
1: William Byrd. and that's b y r d James, you need some schooling. You have to listen to, oh, well, my show isn't hasn't been on lately until we get things actually,
0: someone called Jan someone called today, wanted to know when your program was on. I oh, said, boy. we haven't been running it because you haven't done anything new recently, and you felt a little uncomfortable yeah, repeating the I old program. I don't
1: like doing the repeats. And now, technically, we, we're just kind of at a standstill with trying to make those new programs happen. So we're we're working on it. But I do want to get back to it. I mean, even this week, we have all these saints to celebrate. How delightful that would have been on Thursday to listen to some.
0: But someone did call today asking about it. Mm-hmm. And then well, our Frank was here, who's the engineer for New Jersey 101.5, our neighbors next door. He was getting some of their stuff that right. they're taking out of our building now that's theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I asked him, I said, do you happen to have like a, an old cassette player, a CD player, later a cassette CD player laying around. He goes, yeah, I can get you one. He goes, we don't use them anymore. I said, yeah, I know, but my wife is old school. She needs a CD player to put I her programs And
1: together. you know what? If he has a cassette player, I'll take that too. Well,
0: he said he'd bring a CD <laughs> player for us. He's going to give it to us. I said, okay, so they, well, should get a CD player in here. Then you can do, have and a I ball. I can do my, you know, that's ball. just the
1: way I make <laughs> it happen. That's the way I do it. And then, now you see, here's a perfect example. We had the lady write a little bit earlier. Was it Pam and said, who was the artist? Had I been able to upload via my CDs, I would have had the whole CD jacket, not only the composer and the artist, but all about her and where she lives and anything else you might want to know.
0: Hmm. So, Well, there's a lot of things. I see a lot of things on here, I, I, and I'm a little hesitant to announce them all because once you announce one, you didn't announce the other. But anyway, friends, if you go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the bulletin board link, this month there's a lot happening, a lot a lot of online or in-person Great. events. Uh, again, I don't have the the retreat from St. Mary's in Middletown. I know I, I saw it on an email or something. Uh, but, we, you know, if you want it posted, you have to enter it onto the website, and then we can have mm-hmm. it in front of me, and I can share it with the listeners.
1: And I can go on there and look at the calendar, look at March, and just click on March 21st randomly. And it'll show who's doing what where.
0: Mm -hmm. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link. There's a calendar that you can pull up any day you want. And there's also an opportunity for you to add an event. It's free. There's no charge for this. And uh, we're happy to post it. And uh, if we have the opportunity on uh, any of our live programs to make announcements, we'll do that as well. Um, but uh, take advantage of that opportunity. I said, you know, I, why not? People mm-hmm. people come here, they're looking, people, especially this wow. season of Lent, mm-hmm. people are looking for things like this, like Mimi, who's set aside time to read her books, her right. saints' Lives of the Saints.
1: And people want to go to those Lenten missions? They want to get know? out of the house. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> they want to get out. Um, see other Let people? us out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, last mm-hmm. night the president said that... Uh,
1: Oh, I, I meant to ask if you watched that. I got <sighs> home late from the choir. Yes,
0: but <laughs> <Well>, anyway, <Yeah. laughs> no offense. But uh, he said that the government will allow us Ooh. to maybe meet now on Fourth of July.
1: Can I have some more together. please?
0: So we'll see. Oh. We'll see. You know, I, th- I you know, it's funny because I think uh, like yesterday I had to go downtown to Philadelphia for something and. I was sitting and, and, you know, you walk in wearing a mask and the other people wearing a mask. But the people behind the the reception area, they had their masks pulled down at their chin. I was sitting in a little room. One of the technicians came in. I had a meet with and he he had his mask on. I had mine off Then he took his off. People aren't really, they're not really I, think I guess they're not as slowly. afraid anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for, there's been a lot of things happening between the vaccines and then medicinals that if you do get the virus, they can you know, get it right away. You're not going to be hospitalized. People know a lot more people that say, gee, you know, I, I had this little cold. Turned out it was COVID and I have the antibodies. I mean, that was our case. And more and more people say that. It's just, um, it's getting better and we're climbing out of the darkness. Right.
0: And I, you know, I, I, I told you, I was telling my sister today too. I said, you know, you go to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control website, and you And they have a FAQ. You're going to say, okay, so people like us, people who have had the virus, have recovered. It's been been determined because we had the blood test. We're going to get another blood test this month just to be sure they're still there. We have the antibodies. How long do those antibodies last? And they're doing studies. Now, they've had a year because people started getting the virus a year ago. So they can do right. studies for people who have had it for up to a year, you know, a year later. So there's a, a
1: lot more updated information. And they're
0: saying, you know, initially they said three to five months. Now they said three to six. Now they're saying eight months or more, perhaps for years. The CDC is saying this. And, and, and if you say, how long does the vaccine protect you? The response from the CDC is, we don't know. And literally, it says we don't know.
1: Yeah, there's not I been know. a study. It's so not people been long are so enough.
0: confused about what the right thing to do, mm-hmm. what's not. To, anyway, we, you know, it's and but the, the point I, you know, that we we should be stressing is don't let it cause division
1: you know, and, just, fear. and fear
0: and fear and don't. I don't know. It's been a year; we're all tired of it.
1: I was out walking today, and I saw another one of the, our local Catholic schools uh, made these signs. You probably see them on some of the lawns in our neighborhood in large letters: "Faith over fear." And let, let's hang on to that, you know. Let's believe in our faith. Minute,
0: didn't I say faith, not fear; prayer, not panic, a year ago?
1: <laughs> I know. Well, now it's on lawn sign.
0: Yeah, well, and I know what parish it is. It's right in right. you know, parish. You in can our go sign.
1: The, go sign those signs.
0: <laughs> I should have copyrighted that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll take a break, and we're going to come back with uh, Michael Litchens, and uh, he's going to talk about the brand new or the book called "The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God." So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live.
1: I will extol you, my God, the King. I will
2: praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Pray.
0: Want to give some credit to where credit or who that was. I or?
1: can tell you yeah, that. Van was... may be listening. So <laughs> Twyla Harris. Twyla. He is exalted.
0: Very nice, Twyla Paris, He is exalted. Is that <laughs> the uh, Christian, Christian name you think, Twyla? Right, like the Saint CC. Twyla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some preachers are more notable than others. Father Gerald Van was ordained in 1929 at the remarkable age of 23 in a Dominican order known for its careful discrimination about its candidates. And uh, in 1947, uh, Father gave uh, this Lenten course of sermons preached at Westminster Cathedral. And uh, I guess a compilation now of these sermons have been put into this, or are in this book, called The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God. To tell us all about it is Michael Litchens, and Michael is the editor of Catholic Exchange, and uh, he's joining us right now. Michael, welcome to the program.
9: Thank you all for letting me join you again.
0: Thank you. Now, maybe a little background on uh, Father Gerald Van and um, what we what we have here in this book, "The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God," and these sermons that he gave in
9: 1947. Yeah, as you said, he those uh, sermons in 1947. These are a collection of seven meditation sermons while he was given that retreat over in London. The seventh one was actually added after he had given the retreat to kind of help tie everything together when he put this together in a book. We just brought this back out of out of the confines that many great books go to where they're out of print. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is because, I, for one, I was brought into the Catholic Church by the Dominican Order, so I have a very big soft spot for St. Dominic. But also, Father Van's books are such that he writes with, he's kind of a, similar to Fulton Sheen in that he has a high degree of learning, but he's not above your head. Your mom can read him with you. You share with the family. And particularly in this case from 1947, honestly, I've heard from a lot of people who have been able to read through this. If they didn't know this was mid-20th century, they would have thought Father Van gave these homilies a couple years ago because they still very much matter to our time and place. And there you has know, a couple quick cases a little more.
0: Now, when you say we we brought it out, we're talking about Sophia Institute Press friends. They, yes. they are the publisher. SophiaInstitute.com is their website. The name of the book is "The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God." So, this actually is a re, is a re, reprint of a, of an original book that was uh, released.
9: Yes, uh, Father Van, I'm trying to remember what website has one of the great Dominican blogs has uh, his bibliography listed. He wrote a ton of books. Say, several dozen, some of which were just sermons that he compiled, some he wrote full books. This was one where he collected his own thoughts, added from the retreat he gave in 47, and then added that last chapter, which is titled The Sorrow of God, and thus the title. And so it goes, a lot of books, you know, there's a lot of, thankfully in the English language, we have a lot of great Catholic books, and sometimes these things can disappear for a while, but... I think in many ways the Holy Spirit leads us back to them when we need him again.
1: And it's remarkable, as you say, the book was written in 1947, or, or the talks over the course of that year, um, mm-hmm. how timely it is for now, and again, to make a, a comparison to Bishop Sheen, if— Young people were to listen or read some of Bishop Sheen's writings, you would think they were written right now for today. As Mm -hmm. you know, as I was reading a little bit about Father Gerald Van, his appeal for unity, charity, brotherhood. I mean, my goodness, what other time do we need to relearn to love (laughs) God and our neighbor but now?
9: Oh, gosh, (laughs) yeah. I think a lot of our problems stem from the fact that we have such a hard time loving our neighbor, or even wanting to begin to lo- want to love our neighbor. Yeah. And that's something that even gets addressed in this book, that as a Christian, we're supposed to love our neighbor. You know, we know that's the command. But one of the things Father Van dives into is that because Christ became man, in a way, he in Him taking on our humanity, He is redeeming our humanity. And when we go and love our neighbor, when we go and serve them, as Christ said, you're doing this unto me. But in a way, because Christ has helped bring our humanity back into fullness, we're serving Christ, and we're loving the Christ that we see in our neighbor. And if you take advice even from the ancient uh, monasteries, like St. Benedict often told people to treat each and every guest that they came across as if it was Christ themselves in disguise. And I think learning that right now—I mean, I don't want to be too hopeful, happy-clappy here—but I think mm-hmm. learning that right now, if we could learn to see our neighbors as Jesus— I imagine a few things could be resolved, and at the very least, we could all be a little happier about our lives.
1: Yeah, we can certainly be working towards some some peace in the world. How is mm-hmm. it that some of this agony, some of this suffering that Jesus endured—Holy Week struggles, sorrows, and and all of that—how is that going to help us? You know, r- relate some of what we are going through, and then ultimately have an appreciation of other people.
9: I think the chapter that is best for this, I'm a mama's boy, so I love anything that's about Mary. But in his fourth chapter, if you pick this up, it's a very short reflection. We have that excerpt on catholicexchange.com as well, and it's about Mary's stillness and silence while she's witnessing the passion of our Lord, her son.
2: Mm-hmm.
9: And I think point he makes in there is not just is to look at Mary and see that she is silent, she's stillness. And while the world might look at that as defeat or you're just so shocked by the evil and the uselessness of suffering that you have nothing to say, but what he shows is that this isn't Mary giving in to defeat. It is a creative and active force that she's engaged in where her love and her devotion to her son is such that she doesn't really need to exchange words. Her very presence, her very look is enough to comfort her son and to remind him what he's doing. Uh, I particularly think of that scene in The Passion of the Christ when he looks, when the Lord looks upon his mother and says, Behold, I make all things new. And that's all he really needed was that, yeah, very mama's boy again. You know, he just needed his mom to be there. But Mm. I think Mm. when we look at Mary, we can also imitate that and see that our presence itself, that our love for people, that our ability to suffer with them is often enough healing itself to really start that conversation, to start that reconciliation.
0: We're talking with uh, Michael Litchens about the book, The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and and their website is uh, sophiainstitute.com. Great reflections, we say, in general for Lent, but specifically, uh, this is a great book to enter into the Triduum with, because uh, Father Van begins with the agony in the garden, uh, the betrayal, the scourging, and then, of course, as you mentioned, the silence of Mary— uh, and then what he titles the valley of the shadow of death uh, between two thieves and then the sorrow of God itself let's talk a little bit about that last chapter the sorrow of God yeah. uh, Michael uh, that's something that you know when we think of God and and we think of him in the sorrow of what's happening how does he address the the actual sorrow of God or define it I
9: he starts off in that chapter kind of talking about a confusion that that some people have, that which is that God you know, why is God if how can he be good? How is he able to feel or look upon us suffering? And what that makes us to have the incorrect conclusions that, oh well, he loves his creatures, so he can't be involved in the suffering. He can't have anything to do with this. Why would God have anything? And what Father Van reminds us is that what again, going back to the incarnation and really, back to the very first words of this book, which is I'm trying to remember the exact words, but effectively, that the entire salvific history, the entire biblical history is a love story. And it's a love story of God pursuing us to bring us back to Him. And like all great love stories, there's going to be some tragedy, there's going to be a climax. But when we get to this part here, we see the true sorrow of God, not just in the crucifixion and having to see His own flesh and blood, but we know that Christ himself is experiencing pain and sorrow as the incarnation. And in that particular manner, he experiences it all. At one point, he shouts out, why have you forsaken me? He feels that distance and silence of God that is quite possibly one of the most painful things you can go through. And so when we're looking at the sorrow of God, we're trying to remember that Christ is taking that upon himself, that Christ in taking our humanity, is taking it all, all the nicks, all the problems, except our sin, and that's the important part. But otherwise, He's sharing our experience, and the sorrow of God is there at Calvary to experience exactly the sorrow that we're doing, that we experience as well, and it's uniting us once again so that... I'm trying to speak of the words Father Van uses, because I do not have the best words that he has, but... We no longer have to live in the shadow of sin because Christ has taken on our flesh to overcome sin. And but to overcome sin, we must go through the cross, and we must go through Calvary before we can arrive at paradise. Mm. Of, in that God is experiencing it with us. I hope that answers your question. I'm sorry. Well, no, yes,
0: beautiful, beautifully, and and you know as as I'm as you're talking and I'm we're again we're talking with Michael Lichens about the book, "The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God" by Father Gerald Van. Um, who mm-hmm. who are, Now, I'm just curious, we, we mentioned the comparison with, with Archbishop Sheen. Are there any actual film footage of these talks given by Father Van?
9: Not that I'm aware of. Really? He is on radio and things like that for some of his other talks, but I, I'm i not aware of any. I did look for as much as I could for any audio or anything mm-hmm. thing like that. And so unless they're sitting in an archive somewhere in
0: Oxford, I'm not sure. I'm interesting because I I, I I I'll be honest with you I've not I've had not ever heard of him, and I'm wondering you know usually when things like this happen especially when a book comes back out again and we're talking about him here and now to so many people that the Holy Spirit is raising him up again uh, because he has, does have that message for our time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking yes. of this, There's, but you said there are other books by him as well, uh, so it might be something to to look into. But this one particularly though, friends. Uh, as I said, I think it's a great book to enter into the Triduum with, because he, Father Van does mm-hmm. go through the passion of our Lord, beginning with uh, the agony, and, and it's just a beautiful... Um, these personal sermons.
1: retreat. It's a personal t- retreat for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to describe it. Mm.
0: And again, it's published by Sophia Institute Press, and their address is SophiaInstitute.com. The name of the book is The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God. And uh, we've been talking with Michael Litchens. Uh Thank you, Michael, for all your good work and for sharing this with us. Do You You said you, you, you have a personal um, uh, spirituality in, in the Dominican spirituality yourself?
9: Uh, I've been influenced a lot by Benedictine and Dominican, but the Dominican Order basically helped me to become the Catholic I Am. They got me through catechism and all that, so I truly love the Order, St. Hey, Dominic.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, And aren't they, I want to say, known for, certainly one of their charisms is the gift of, you know, um, speech and giving missions and, you know, Mm -hmm. drawing in the faithful, educating them, but coming to where they are to draw them out to a closer relationship with God.
9: Absolutely. In many ways, Father Ben is a lot like the founder of his order, St. Dominic, the St. Dominic gift was his ability, and also what he was allowed to do by the Church, is he was able to be a wandering preaching friar, which was such a new thing in the medieval world that yeah. he could go among heretics, he could go among peasants, and he could preach to them. And while he himself had a high education and all members of his order, most famously Thomas Aquinas, were well-educated, they emphasized that you need to take that teaching to people, that you need to that your teaching is now becoming part of your prayer life and your preaching. Mm-hmm. And that's a something I think almost every Dominican I know still does today. Yeah.
0: Well, again, yeah. friends, the book is called The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's SophiaInstitute.com. Our guest has been uh, Michael Lichens, sharing his uh, certainly wealth of knowledge about Father Van and about the the book itself. And Michael, thanks so much for joining us again. We really appreciate it and enjoy having you when you come by. Have a blessed lunch. You 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 too, Michael. God bless you. God bless you. You. Bye-bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
6: For the Jews of old, the temple was the holiest place in the universe, and the spiritual center of the temple was the Holy of Holies. It was blocked off by a thick curtain, and only the high priest could enter to offer sacrifice to God. He had to have a rope tied around his ankle in case he died in there so he could be dragged out because no one else was ever allowed in. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and to this day, you can see Jewish people from around the world come to the Wailing Wall, the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was, just to touch that wall. When Jesus died, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies was torn in two, not from bottom to top, which man could have done, but in an act of God from top to bottom. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God's dwelling place is you. You are the holiest place in the universe. Do you live like it? This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
8: He got a satellite dish for pornography. So he took a beer and a sandwich and he sits down and puts on his favorite uh, pornography station. And he said, there you were.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
8: he looked at me and he said, what's that damn nun doing on that photography <laughs> shop? <laughs> so he's mad, he's very angry, and he turns the dial and there I am.
2: <laughs>
8: and now his heart's beginning to beat just a little bit, you know, and he turns the dial, all 52 channels, there I was looking at him. <laughs> oh Oh, well, he said he turned it off and he walked the floor of the night, his heart beating 100 miles an hour. He said he couldn't sleep. He got up early in the morning and he went with the confession, never watch pornography again. The
0: people you know and trust are on EWTN. Well, welcome back to the couple of minutes before we have to head on out of here. But uh, we want to thank our guests today, uh, Dr. Thomas McGovern. Uh, what Christ Suffered, that wonderful book. And then, uh, of course, you just heard Michael Litchens from Sophia Institute Press about the pain of Christ and the sorrow of God. It really is a, a great book to enter into the Triduum with.
1: And you know, two weeks from today is Good Friday. Wow. So timely, timely publications. Yeah. yeah,
0: so uh, again, that's uh, Sophia Institute Press. That's SophiaInstitute.com, The Pain of Christ and the Sorrow of God. So there's still time to... Put that in your possession, I suppose, before yes, the triduum.
1: Thank you, Mimi, for calling in and yep. winning our— And Jim our... Hoffman,
0: our weatherman.
1: Yes, always does a great job.
0: Can you even say weatherman anymore?
1: No, you, I'm sure it's not politically correct.
0: <laughs> There's a school in New York that won't even let you say mom and dad anymore.
1: Oh, come now. How far will it They're go? They're taking
0: that away from the students. You can't refer to your parents <gasps> as mom and dad because it might offend people who maybe are in situations where there is not a mom or a dad. Or what do you
1: say, thing one and thing two? Oh uh, no, that's for Doctor. I guess you can
0: say folks. You can <laughs> my say folks. my folks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you want to be folksy, you can say my folks. Um, <laughs>
1: my parental units. If you want to be scientific. parental,
0: parental units. I suppose. I don't know. You can find all kinds of stuff to say.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I just used to say ma. Hey, Ma.
1: Hey,
0: Ma. <laughs> I can just hear hey, you ma. saying that. <laughs> we all call I don't know why we call her Ma. We called her Ma. Hey, Ma. Mm-hmm. And Dad. Ma, mm-hmm. Ma. And then we say Mom and Dad, but if we we're referring to them, talking to them, it would be Hey, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ma.
1: Probably a lot of people did that,
0: too. Yeah? Yeah. Did you say Ma? No, you didn't say Ma. Ma and Pa. Well, they were from Oklahoma, yeah. so you can say ma and pa.
1: Yeah, we had to switch. When, they, but You know what's going to happen is, like, the dictionary will have to be revised if they go that far because a lot of these words won't, like, really exist anymore.
0: Last night, I was just out of curiosity. I went to Amazon, and, you know, you try to search. There are those six Dr. Seuss books. You can't find it. That They're not being—that that, their publisher's— they're on there, but, like, for $500 a piece no. because they're now going to be collector's items. Absolutely. But you can type in Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler oh. and buy a copy for nineteen ninety-five. dollars 95 sure. Isn't that absurd? Oh. You can buy this thing by Adolf Hitler. They're not banning that or canceling that, but they canceled Dr. Seuss. Unbelievable. And people who have the book now are selling it for 500 bucks a piece because they're not printing them anymore. and They're taking them off the shelves. That's terrible. It is so I'm, ridiculous. In my
1: opinion, it's terrible.
0: Pepe Le Pew is gone. Or they're trying to make him? How about the roadrunner? Roadrunner's still around?
1: Well, let's see. What can we find offensive about him?
0: I don't know. Well, I guess, he, you know. Certainly it's, offensive. Something. it's offensive to coyotes.
1: It's offensive to the road. Yeah.
0: What the? But just coyotes having those anvils <laughs> dropped on them. How people that can't
1: run? I can't run anymore. Right. I have to Not walk. Not fair.
0: The road Runner runs so fast.
1: Yeah, it should be the road walker. Tell you. Yeah, it's
0: really, really odd.
1: Where is it all going? Dumbo,
0: Dumbo is gone. Mm. Disney pulled Dumbo. Peter Pan, mm. <laughs> all of it. Peter
1: Pan, probably Snow White, right? Well, I'm gonna change
0: that. Gotta change that title. Yeah. And the the seven and the seven little dwarfs, seven little people, seven
1: oh, little that's people. right? <laughs> Miniatures. And uh, even their names, Dopey. Oh, that certainly is gonna invent someone.
0: Grouchy and grumpy, grumpy, and grumpy, grumpy. 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 <laughs> Dopey, grumpy bashful what were they do you know them sleepy mm. I was talking t- Charlotte knew them she knew them all really yeah oh my gosh yeah, she knew them all
1: okay so there were seven of them yeah dopey sleepy doc bashful doc grumpy happy happy there's one more
0: sneezy sneezy that's not fair to people who have allergies
1: <laughs> well I can sleep tonight because now I remember their names uh, oh my goodness! It is.
0: It is really, really getting ridiculous. Isn't it's it? ridiculous. It is. I mean, I it's, mean it's, it's. It's just. It's just stupid. I can see things that are genuinely offensive,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: but Dumbo, Peter Pan,
1: yeah. Considering the times and the context in which it was written, it was a little cartoon. It was cute. They were. They were not saying. Well, do
0: you remember? And I am going to end now, but I'll say I'll throw this out there, a, a couple of years ago, where they. Um, Stop playing "God Bless America" by Kate Smith at the Yankee game. They played every mm-hmm. every seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Kate Smith, famous singer, movie star from the 30s and 40s, because in 1920 or 31 or something, she sang a song that was offensive, yeah. and it is offensive lyrics and things. You know, there's. But we learn from that. It yeah, was but offensive, it was and the, we've come yeah, beyond it. All right, so we, we move. But the Yankees said because she did that in 1931, we're not going to play her music here anymore. And cancel. I I, I want to mm-hmm. say to the Yankees, and I did say, I even wrote to them and said, you know what? In 1931, you wouldn't even look at, let a black player play on your team.
1: Yeah. So, so, who's so are you canceled you?
0: now? Should we cancel you as well?
1: Right. Oh, ah. double standard. Okay, on that, <laughs> have a lovely weekend.
0: I'm waiting for the theme music to pop up. It's it's uh, going to be here in a second. Then, we can, oh, then okay. we can say goodbye. I'm trying to do a little song and dance here. A oh, song and dance. The right. music to, come on. So we can <laughs> end, end well, the Well, you don't want to
1: offend the people that don't know how to dance.
0: No. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no gotta, song and dance. Yeah, gotta be real careful. But okay, well, not here though. We're. Gonna... You know
1: what? Write in those people that text or email. Let us know what songs maybe you want to hear. I'm playing all some of my favorite things on Friday Live, but maybe okay. there's something you specifically want to hear. So send me that email.
0: All right. Have a great weekend, and we will be back. Not next Friday. Next Friday, Saint Joseph's Day, we're going to have a couple of special Saint Joseph programs for you. Instead of this program, Mm because Cheryl has to be up at her parish, and I'm taking St. Joseph's Day off. And we'll be back in two weeks. I'll be back with you on Monday, though, God willing. Bruce is here 3 o'clock on Monday, so join us then.
1: Okay, God bless you.